Hello, listeners. You're with myself, Stephen. And myself, Thomas. On MPK Live. And this is the second part to Pest and Disease. Two weeks ago, because we had a little bit of a break last Sunday, didn't yeah, we? we did. It was Pest, and this week we're covering disease. So stay tuned, and we'll be back in a minute. Well, here we go. Yeah. Second part, pest and disease. Disease. Ooh. A tough one. So hopefully you'd all grasp the first part, which was pests. Mm. And as we said, we're going to split it into two parts so you can digest that bit and then hopefully digest the second bit. Yeah, on disease. Well, to give you a quick overview of what we'll be talking about, the first parts on disease will be a botrytis or bud rot as it's known, powdery mildew. Mm. And Pythium. Yeah. Took me a second then. So basically, what we're <laughs> going to talk about is demand on your plants. Yeah. Yeah. Or all things that basically harm your plant, but without a little critter doing the job. Mm. So this is stuff that you can't see mm. initially. Mm. It's like pathogens, which is bugs. Bad bacteria. Bugs. Uh, bad bacteria, that's what I meant. Uh, maybe your immune systems have been lowered on your plants mm-hmm. and it, it's it caused a few other things, a different climate or whatever's been causing other, other issues and then it's led your plant to become rather unwell. Yeah. And it's probably safe to say that you've all experienced some sort of disease at some stage in your cultivation life, I'll, career. I will pick one right now that I, I hand on heart feel that every every grower has had, and I'm going to be brave here and put my head on the block and say Pythium. Yeah. For those people who don't know what Pythium is and are sitting here thinking, ha, he hasn't got a clue, I've never had Pythium. I'm talking about when your plants go yellow, a really bright yellowy colour, and basically your plant stops uptaking nutrients and stops developing itself and basically puts itself in, in a severe state of depression, to say the least. Yeah. Plants yellowing, leaves start to hang a bit. They're not no longer happy and pointing up at the sky. You'll also start to see um, roots going from a nice bright white to a dirty brown colour. And a bit slimy as well, aren't they? A bit slimy. Smelly. Uh, um, probably see a lot more water in the media because mm. the plant can't use the energy. As yeah, so it's enough. not drinking as often. Yeah, it's not yeah. drinking enough. So you'll see all drips coming out the bottom of the pot when you lift it up. The ways of getting out of it is not too difficult. Mm-hmm. However, if you don't address the point, it will seriously take a hold on your plant. And basically what it will do is it will drop all of the leaves. So you'll end up with a stalk with no leaf on it, which is not good if you're trying to establish a nice, healthy plant. Now, root rot or pythium can occur in any plants whether you're in soil cocoa yeah. but more commonly it comes on in deep water culture uh, yeah. in, in in proper hydroponics yeah reason being is because you actually create the environment as with every disease off the top of my head you're actually creating the environment for it to thrive in so if your environment's correct and all your little parts of your growing mechanism the growing machine are all correct and right you're not going to get these diseases so you actually create these and with pythium it's a result of low oxygen yeah and low oxygen 
can occur in deep water culture because your temperature of your water is too high. So it's a very common thing to experience in the summer. Easy way to remedy it. Get a water cooler, get a water chiller, set it at 18 degrees and get an air stone into your water. That's going to give you nice cool temperatures and fully oxygenated water. Very, very unlikely that you're going to get pythium in those conditions. But if you're a grower who's thinking, what's he talking about here? Yeah, DWC. I don't use DWC. I use, I don't know, I use some auto pots or I use a, 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 a group tray, like a one metre square tray, for instance, with a number of pots and mm-hmm. I just throw the water in the bottom. What's he talking about? He hasn't got a clue in and I've got yellow plants. That's because the same thing is going on. You may be one of these people who's putting a large amount of water leaving it for a longer period of time so the plants are sitting in this water temperature might not be too good might have just come into the winter as we are in now and room might be getting cold when the lights are going off however the extraction's still on so your temperature's really going down so then your plants are sitting in this water and sitting and sitting and sitting and they're getting yellower and yellower and yellower the answers to this is not to put blood in water, <laughs> More in, water for fuck's sake is to take the water out Ideally, you know, if you are bottom feeding your plants, which is good, I like bottom feeding, mm. I'm a big fan of bottom feeding to cocoa, not to soil. When you, you know, you give the tray a load of water, you dump, I don't know, 10 litres, 20 litres, whatever you're putting in, and say, for instance, you leave that grow room and you come back in a couple of hours and that water's still in that tray, you need to start thinking about, is that water necessary in that tray there? And look at removing the water back out of the tray because it's then going to stagnate it's going to sit there the plants are sitting in it the roots are sitting in it if it's getting cold it's it it, these effects are going to snowball and snowball and you're going to get root rot the pythium's going to start you might start dropping leaves your plants will stop drinking it's taking up its nutrients and everything will deteriorate quickly very quickly yeah if you are one of them people and you think, oh, he's just picked up on something that I'm doing currently, it's not the end of the world. Get the bloody water out. Let the plants dry out and give them little and often. Make sure all your ten steering wheels, as we constantly talk about your environment and everything else, they're all in line. Mm. And you'll see very quickly the plant will pull itself back and go on to live a happy, lovely life. Yeah, they have a good little knack of doing that don't you once you give them put them back into the right environment they're very good at restoring themselves back to full vigor you may be a couple of days behind on the the schedule that you set yourself that calendar oh the calendar that we hate yeah we hate the calendar but the plants may have been stunted for a few days so you might expect to be behind on your schedule in inverted commas by about a week or depending on how long the plant was in its diseased state for yeah you said there about bottom feeding cocoa. Now, a lot of people listening, and I'm t- talking about just cocoa here with no perlite, no stones, nothing whatsoever, just cocoa. Yeah. They'll be thinking, well, I top feed my cocoa and I haven't been doing too badly. Well, yet they go yellow a little bit, but you soon get over it. And In all honesty, I know a lot of people who do top feed cocoa mm. and they get amazing results. But if you're to ask me personally, what I recommend, I'm always going to tell you to bottom feed cocoa. Yeah. And I've got a little thing for you to look out for if you do top feed cocoa, which will hopefully make you think. So you fill your, let's say, a 20 litre pot full of cocoa and it's got your plant in it. It's doing lovely and you're top feeding. Put a good size bet on it that the amount of cocoa in your pot 
looks as though it's decreased over the next few weeks. As you're top feeding and top feeding, the amount of cocoa seems to just decrease. It seems to disappear. Well, it hasn't disappeared. It's just that nice, fluffy, light cocoa with lots of air spaces within it has now been compressed by the pressure of you top feeding. So that cocoa is pushed down and pushed down and pushed down. And what happens in that compression is you're also pushing out all the oxygen and all the air spaces within that nice fluffy cocoa. So top feeding compresses the cocoa, gets rid of all those lovely air pockets that's full of oxygen for the roots. And that's the start of where you can start to get pythium. So you're top feeding, top feeding, and then these seem to start going yellow and they're not looking so good so what naturally you're going to obviously want to water it a bit more that doesn't work so maybe a bit more water and you're just compounding the problem so that's why we we say in cocoa try to bottom feed because the plant is going to take it up from the bottom it's going to absorb what it wants and you can see then if there's water left over like thomas mentioned before obviously that's too much for the plant so take it out get rid of it and let them dry out for a few days next time you're going to come back and maybe give them a little bit less water and then hey presto the plants took it all up the tray's dry you know now you are plant scented feeding and you give the plant what it wants when it wants it excellent any more to say on pythium you've got we've got pythium Mm. what the fuck are we going to do about it throw our plants away and bin them no we're not we are going to dry them out for starters because they're going to be wet yeah we could pop down to the shop and buy a bottle of revive which is medicine for your plants Mm. and we could give them a small dose of that little and often so we let the plants dry out once they're completely dry and they've contracted with a small rim around the mediate in the pot that's a gap down the side if you don't understand what i'm talking about give them a litre per plant of revive let them take that in once they dry out again boom you'll be on the road to recovery yeah and the reason for the revive which is an advanced nutrients product a 20-25 pound in most shops that is like a it's like a doctor in a bottle isn't it it's just a bottle of medicine that you should every grower should have in the medicine cupboard because it's one of them it's one of them products you'll buy this litre of product yeah and you will have it for ages Mm. it will grow dust in your cupboard because You'll get a bit of pythium or... Maybe a bit of nutrient bait. Yeah, or, or Billy's forgot to water the plants yeah. or he's done this and he, or he's, he's knocked them down the stairs and they've all fell out the pots on top of each other. So what you do is you go to your medicine cupboard, you get your little bottle of medicine out, your bottle of Revive, you suck 20 mil out of it, put it to 10 litres of water, you put your medicine back in the cupboard, you get your water and can and you whack it out just between all of them like when you, you take a medicine yourself, you don't drink the full fucking bottle, do you? You get one of them little tiny plastic spoons with five mil on it, yeah, and then you put it on and you take exactly that, don't you? A nice little bit of medicine. Yeah. That's what you do. More is not always better. And then what you'll find is it will rectify the plant very mm. quickly, providing mm. you don't overload it with more water and lock all the oxygen out. Yeah. So the Revive is a good product because when you've had root rot and pythium, the roots have stopped taking up, so you're probably going to start to see what what look to be nutrient deficiencies, but it's just the fact that the plants have stopped taking up all food because the roots can't take them up. The, your method of feeding the plant is gone, mm. so you give it the revive. It's got a little bit of nitrogen in it. It's got a few other nice little remedy parts to it, and it'll help keep get your plant back on track. But you've still got the problem of pythium. So there's a couple of methods that you can use and there's there's a couple of products. I haven't tested all of them. One of them out there, which is a very common one, is hydrogen peroxide, H2O2. Mm. It's essentially, it's, it's, it's like a bleach. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. 
isn't this something that women put in their ear to die fucking bond or something? It is, yeah. It's yeah, worth it part of what the uh, hairdressers so, use. Correct me if I'm wrong again. Isn't it some sort of high acid? Not an acid. It's an oxidising agent. Okay. So, Doesn't sound too good. Can it be in your hands? Yes, it can. I've got it on my hands before. It's not pleasant. It gets very itchy, yeah. very dry, and it goes it turns your fingers white. Mm. So it's a it's a hazardous product. Yeah. You want to be very careful. And actually, I'm always sceptical on using these sort of things. Well, you should be sceptical as well, and we'll get to that in a minute. Growth technology, you supply liquid oxygen, which is hydrogen peroxide. I've recently just taken theirs from a 17.5% concentration of H2O2 to an 11% and that's because of rules and regulations of the concentrations and it just goes to show you how potent this product is it's not something that you want to be messing around with it's something that you want to be very safe around wearing gloves making sure that spillages are cleaned up very quickly but what it does for the plant is it kills all organisms all living organisms so hence it's, it's a dangerous product to humans as well pythium is essentially bacteria bad bacteria H2O2, liquid oxygen, is going to kill all that bacteria by oxidising it. It basically destroys the bacteria, good and bad. It doesn't, it's not going to go, oh, you're the good bacteria that's helping the plants. Yeah. I'm just going to kill the bad bacteria. So you need to be careful it kills using the product. all of them. So if you're using beneficial bacteria, this is not a product for you. It will wipe out everything that, you, that you're currently putting into your plant. It's a product for those people that are running a absolutely pharmaceutical-grade chemistry lab clean sanitized room it's it's all right for you to use nice little side effect is it adds oxygen to your root zone but that's temporary i've done some tests with a dissolved oxygen meter adding some hydrogen peroxide into the water it adds a little bit of oxygen into the water but not a great deal and then by the time not going to get into the chemistry of it all but by the time that the hydrogen peroxide breaks down to its components of water and oxygen that probably takes about 24 hours so you'd have to keep on dosing and dosing until you've got rid of the bacteria it's a good fix it's a good temporary fix but you can't keep using it all the time it's not a good thing to be using there's a product that the people in the states will be very very familiar with called hydrogard by which Botanica. we can't have yet unfortunately us growers in the uk we can't Get it because be, it's not be left behind. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 haven't, we haven't got a license in the UK, so we can't have this product. So we need to work on getting that licensed in the UK because it's a fantastic product. I haven't been able to use it, obviously, but from all the reviews and from what people are saying in the States and the countries that do have it, absolutely phenomenal and they swear by it. So hard regard for you guys in the US. I'm not sure about Australia's regulations, but if you can get your hands on it, do. It's supposedly a great product. So the other products you'll know about, they'll work on the same methods by killing the bacteria. The best thing you can do, and my top tip for getting rid of root rot and pythium, is water temperatures at between 18 to 20 degrees and oxygenate your water. And we're talking about like if you're in a deep water culture, hydroponic setting. My now. top tips are if you're a hand waterer or you're in cocoa media, whatever, and you notice these symptoms, is let everything dry out, make sure the temperatures are accurate, and stop overwatering. Make sure that there's no too great a temperature drop in the, when the lights are going off. Uh, let them dry out, give them a small dose of revive, and then assess the situation from there. Yeah. And you could be a lot better. You could always always add an air stone into the bottom of your cocoa yep. as well, can't you? A lot of people yep. I know do that. Yeah, have great results with it. Well, we have done we've done podcasts on air to the root zone as well, haven't we? 
we're going to be talking about that in a lot more detail next week, but we may have in the last year yeah, talked about oxygen in the root zone. But if that's something that interests you, tune in for next week when we're talking about the rhizosphere and the root zone and how to keep everything really healthy and some of our top products. So that's Pythium. That's Pythium. There's one. There's one. <laughs> if you've not got Pythium, though, you've probably got something else. <laughs> yeah. So what have we got next on our list then, Stephen? Powdery mildew. Mm. Botrytis? Yeah, powdery mildew is grey mould. Ah, yeah. Botrytis yeah. is the... Uh, yeah, is the actual rot itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah, is the candy floss. Yeah, with inside on the tomatoes, most commonly seen on tomatoes, where you get that horrible grey sludgy. Yeah, and they just rot Yeah, away. horrible. But we'll come to... We'll yeah. speak about that in more powdery in depth. Mildew. In powdery mildew. Powdery mildew. This is the, the fill-in between our sandwich of death. Yeah. Pythium and bodrot. Yeah. So we've got... We've got powdery mildew in the middle here and I call it the, the filler because it's not that big a deal if you get it what is it what does it look like well it's like somebody sprinkled a little bit of flour onto your leaf yeah so and it know. spreads we had a lot of that on our cucumbers with, and pumpkins cucumbers pumpkins and what are them other long things that look like cucumbers Courgettes. Courgettes, yeah. 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 They were in the beds. They, they, the to be honest, the courgettes got it. Really bad, didn't Ev- they? Every courgette that we had had, had it. Actually, you've brought me up onto a nice point. The courgettes got it because they're outside and yeah. in that high, humid environment, which is great if you want padre mildew, which nobody does. We spotted it pretty quickly, didn't we, as we are paying attention to our plants. But do you remember me saying to you, can we let it spread? Because we actually have a product for padre mildew. yeah. yeah. We've got a product, we've called it Supernova, and basically it kills the powdery mildew by systemic action. It will just remove all powdery mildew from your plant, great in the vegetative stages, but it's also got a phosphite form of phosphorus and potassium, so it's also good. You can spray it when you're in the early stages of flowering as well to add a bit of PK to your plants. But enough about that. If you're interested, go onto the website, type in Supernova, and you can check out that product there if you do get Powdery Mildew. We also mildew. have in... We've had it for a while. We've had it in the shop. And in, all, in all honesty, I've never tested it. It's mm. that light. Yeah, the UV light. Yeah, the UV light. Yeah. Which, you, it's like a scanner, a plant scanner. Mm. Uh, you switch it on and basically just scan the whole plant or the affected areas where the Powdery Mildew is. And apparently... It's supposed to have an instant effect as well. Yeah, it does, um, it does. It, it turns the powdery mildew black. Yeah, kills it. Yeah, kills Dead. it instantly. Mm. Haven't tried it though. No, I haven't. But the theory of it, it will work. It, it's one of those things that doesn't really need testing. It just, it's like when you turn on the light switch on, the light comes on. But we are who we are. We, we should have tested it. We will that be testing now. it. Yeah. We, we need to test it. We actually have one of those scanners in the shop and yeah. it's available for loan. A few yeah. people have loaned it out for brought it back and said they're happy with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, we have. We, yeah. We, yeah, we but we've just never personally tested it ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. UV light works. I'll probably need to be corrected on this. Just This is just off the top of my head. Ultraviolet light, essentially, it's going to just split apart the the, the mildew, the, the mould on the plant. What and makes this mould actually appear? What condition? High humidity. Yeah. Low air movement, so you're not getting good air circulation. Yeah. So it just it, it just and, sweltering and, in the yeah, and swings in temperature. So high humidity followed by low temperatures followed by a, a real lack of air circulation. So that in the moisture room. just really can't get out, and it just settling within yeah. the leaves yeah. and turning into this powdery mildew. Okay, what can we do to get rid of it? So when you spot it, as soon as you spot it, 
it's an easy one to get rid of because obviously by now you're all paying attention to your plants. You're all in there every day, every other day, and you're watching your plants. So the first sign of that little white mottled powdery mildew when you say powdery mildew you can you can sort of see it it's white it's like someone sprinkled flour on the leaf type it into google we'll have some images up on our website uh, very soon and when you spot it early you can either get to your shop and buy something like our supernova or one of the host of other products that will kill powdery mildew and and just spray your plants in the vegetative stages other than that if you can't get to a shop take the leaf off as long as not too many leaves are affected, you can snip the odd leaf off. But then you're still going to have to adhere to the conditions that are yeah. creating yeah. the issue. Otherwise, you'll end up in a in a no-win situation where you'll just end up snipping all your leaves till there's nothing left of your plants because yeah. you haven't took hold of the overall steering wheels of of, of, of your grow room. Yeah, well, it's it, it's it's sort of a tough one as well because we, we're big advocates of high humidity in veg which stimulates good growth but if you go overboard on it and you haven't got good air circulation or a little bit of air circulation in in the vegetative stages the big thing here is the cold drop so this is what people might start seeing now it's high humidity in the veg stages followed by a a cold spell at night Mm. Uh, this is what's really going to enhance the the powdery mildew also an abundance of foliage on your plants where plant leaves are sticking together and you're probably forming a little layer of moisture in between the two leaves that's going to create a rife area of so powdery good air movement, good air extraction the yeah. correct temperatures uh, and you'll be onto a winner yeah we've pretty much covered everything it's high humidity followed by cold spells with very poor ventilation Hmm. And that's essentially how you get powdery mildew. Not that much of a common occurrence. We don't see it that often. Yeah. But if you have got it and you'd are stuck and you don't know what to do, please call us or pop in and see. And we can help you, yeah. yeah. If this podcast hasn't helped you enough yeah. already. Yeah. Okay. The big baddie. Botrytis. Botrytis. Rot or bud rot. Yeah. Commonly seen on your strawberries or grapes. Yeah. It's a horrible green it grey destroyed my strawberries two years ago yeah it was destroyed them two years ago but this year they implemented different things this is outdoor grown as well yeah, by the way yeah. I, must, I must add it yeah but when it gets old it just ruins everything that you've worked so long and so hard for and you've got this excellent results at the end and boom yeah. it just rotted and there's nothing you can do. You've hit the nail on the head there as well. You know, the worst thing about it is it affects the the best of the best. Yeah. So when you've got these, you've grown these massive strawberries or the big, really dense bunches of grapes like we got in yeah. the summer yeah. from our vine, when you get the, the creme de la creme and it's really tight, boom, yeah. hit you. If you haven't got good ventilation in there and you've got high humidity, it's going to end you. <laughs> Game over. So, botrytis. Now, this has got. I like some. I like to know where meanings come from. So it's it's the ancient Greek, and it means grapes. Which so the B O T R the body is means grapes, and the suffix the itis means disease. Mm. Everyone knows that every disease ends in itis, itis doesn't it? Yeah. Itchy itis, <laughs> smelly itis, yeah, scroty itis. <laughs> well, I've never had that one. Oh, I don't know. Neither have I. Apparently, <laughs> so it means. Grapes for disease. Yeah. Now that's not to get confused. It doesn't just affect grapes. It's the way. It's a little microscopic way that botrytis forms, and it forms into like little grapey nodules, which you can't see. But it's interesting for the geeks like me. Yeah. What you will see 
is you'll start to see the little grey, mouldy, brown patches appearing, usually on the densest bits of grapes or strawberries, anything that's really closely packed together. And you'll normally find it's right in there, right in the bloody middle. Yeah, that's how it works with plants. It's from the inside out, that's how it likes to work. Again, you create the conditions. Humidity. Now, this is something that we've harped on and on and on and on and on about. And there's only so much we can go on and so many podcasts we can do. But hopefully it hits home that this bloody thing called humidity, RH, as it as it presents itself on your thermohydrostat, is bloody important. It is so important in a few different elements throughout the growth cycle, i.e. grow period, flower period. And then at the end, when you want to harvest your crop, you want your crop to be intact. Mm. And if you haven't paid attention to your humidity, it's rotted to nothing. So you've done everything. You've paid all of these, these expenses to, to do whatever you're doing. And at the end, you've got nothing to reward yourself from. Only a lesson in rot. Yeah, it's soul-destroying. Yeah. And it's a very costly lesson. What what worries me even more so though is it can be a costly lesson, but you you can pay to come to our lectures in mm. MPK University mm. next year. Yeah, we'll yeah. speak more about that. At yeah, the end. And you can come and you can pay to get taught, but in a way that's self-taught and you're paying yourself. Yeah, because it's cost you whatever for six months or three months or You've five. Spent months. the whole of the summer. Yeah. Nature, it costs you your time as well. Yeah, and two effort. years, it yeah. took us to get that great final yeah, up and two going. years. And then you get this shock at the end where you've got no produce. Mm. However, if you're a good grower, you'll have took this point on and you think, okay, I am not going to let this happen to me another time. And then what you do is you go and arm yourself up with some knowledge. Yeah. And you think, right, watch this, you little gets. And the next year round, it comes to it. And if you're outdoors, like we was in our polytunnel, and we hadn't installed vent sections to the polytunnel, mm. so basically we bloody fried our fucking grapes. And the humidity in there was 100% constantly. Yeah. You could have had a, a steam in there. Obviously, we didn't know and we didn't understand, but that was the only lesson we needed to be taught on outdoor humidity. Now... I've established this years ago and I took it on board. If you're one of these people who keep getting humidity, you're an arsehole. And you're not getting humidity problems. Yeah, Yeah, because you should be paying attention. You know, at the end of your cycle, say, say for instance, Freddie out there, he's doing his tomatoes. And for the past 10 years, he's had rot in his tomatoes. Bloody hell, mate. Do something about it. Because there's no excuse. You should not be getting it a second time round. So if you're listening to this podcast, this is the point I'm trying to make. If you're getting these problems numerous times, you're obviously one of your steering wheels or a number of your steering wheels are in line and aren't working and you need to get it right to stop the the, the bad effects of certain pests or diseases. Mm. And some people, they go through a grow life and pest, oh yeah, I've got spiders again and I've got this again and they come and they get more pesticide and blah, blah, blah. You know, if you just take the time to learn about the issues that you're going through at the time, it will make you a, a better grower, cultivator, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
you know and and that's the point that i'm trying to hit home if you're one of these people who, who keeps getting the same issue you really need to come in and see us speak to us and then we'll educate you that's a nice speech i, I love it when you get going <laughs> i was off then, maybe. you were off there's there's a bit of a saving grace though with botrytis yeah also i forgot to mention gray mold it's also known as grey mould as well, so mm. don't get confused if somebody starts mentioning grey mould. It's botrytis. And it's called grey mould because it's grey. Yeah. <laughs> Just thought to put that, that, that <laughs> special feature in there for you. It works when the plant is at its lowest ebb. The yeah. plant's feeling really down. It's, it's had a bad week. Yeah. Bad life even yeah. to some of these bloody growers. They torture <laughs> these plants. God forbid, it's like the, the chambers of hell. It's like watching Hostel Part 3 on plants. They get them, they bloody batter them with water and nutrients and lights. They've got ten lights on two plants. Bad environment. Oh, my God. It, it's, I'd even make it through to the end. I don't know. Rick, put in now a House of Horror shriek. Yeah. Put it in now. Ah! <laughs> now, when I say it's been at its lowest ebb, the botrytis only takes hold when there's... Actually, a wound to the plant. Oh. Yeah. Did you know that? No. So there's actually got to be an open wound. So if you're scrogging... Topping. Topping. Yeah, topping is an open wound. Taking cuttings is an open wound. Scrogging, when you've perhaps maybe snapped the plant, that's an open wound. Anything that... Knocking it over. Knocking it over. With a water can, dropping your water can yeah, on Anything like that. Or any your phys- lights fall down and hit them. Yeah, yeah anything okay. like that. Physical, any physical stress that bends the plant, snaps the plant, creates a, a hole that these microscopic organisms can get into, that's how botrytis is going to get in there. Now, if you do that, but your environment's right, you're not going to get grey mould, you're not going to get botrytis. But if you do create these open wounds and you give it the right environment you're pretty much going to guarantee yourself grey mould and botrytis. And as as Stephen said there, we've mentioned it in the podcast before on pests. Mm. What you notice is it, it, if your plants are not healthy, it's very easy for all of these things to become active within your plants, i.e. The d- disease or pests, because they really love to pick on a, a weak yeah. plant. Have you been watching The Hunt with... yes. David Attenborough. God, of course. It's been fantastic, oh, hasn't it? BBC One. amazing. He's oh. a legend, David. David, if you're listening to our podcast, which I know you are because we were talking to you the other day. He subscribed a few he, months ago, I know, ago, I know. He, he's yeah. killed our David. <laughs> Just, I thought that one on the Polar Bears was... Because uh, I, I do sponsor the Polar Bears. I am a Polar Bear International Ambassador for Canada Goose. Adopt a Polar Bear, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's me. I love the Polar Bears. So, David, that was a really good, good set of shots I'll come over next week and we'll have a proper talk about it <laughs> you threw me off there <laughs> what was I saying the hunt yeah what do the what do the pack of hyenas and cheetahs and leopards? What do they do? Do they go after the big muscly male no. or the the thin aggressive female protecting the cubs? Who do they go after? The weakest member. The weakest member. Maybe with a bit of a dodgy leg. And then what do they do to su- successfully get the kill? They mm. hound it, nip away, nip away, tire it down, yeah, tire it down, and 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 basically drain every bit of energy and yeah. life and sap it till there's no defense mechanism left whatsoever, and then they bam, they've got it, they've got it. It's the circle of life, isn't yeah, it? That's it, the circle of life, and as Stevens excellently put that in into that, is it a metaphor that? Yeah. You know, a simile? Yeah. I don't know, it's been a while since I've been school, so, you know, <laughs> whatever. Contradict me. It's a squats. good metaphor, yeah. yeah. It's exactly 
the same as pest and disease because mm-hmm. they're on the hunt to do what they need to do to survive and spread and whatever. Mm-hmm. And your plant then becomes the hunted because it becomes weak because of you, the controller. You're the controller. You are God. And if your plant gets attacked by pest, it's your fault. Yeah. If your ta- plant gets attacked by disease, it's your fault. Okay, so you could, uh, in certain things, it can be passed through maybe a clone or whatever, but you're still not off the hook because as soon as you take any plant into your grow room, you assess it instantly and you look at it. And me personally, I would always, I always give it its quarantine. Everything's got to go through quarantine, mm. in or out, whatever. And you would give it a slight pesticide and check that it's looking healthy. If it's not, you will maybe give it some nitrogen or whatever. And just to make sure that plant's got the best start possible. Yeah, the best start in life. Yeah. Silicon comes in handy, yeah? Yeah. That helps. We've talked about silicon before. But for any plants that aren't looking great, I think everybody should be using it, really. Yeah. But if you're not using it, then it's your plant is is basically weaker. Mm. Silicon is helps the leaves form an extra barrier against pests. Also, and disease. doesn't it intensify the cell structure on the plant? Yeah, and there's two people start sure about silicon. Yeah, it's sort of someone described it as it's an enigma wrapped in a riddle, locked away in a box. We don't yeah. fully understand silicon. I, I, I got stuck at, at enigma <laughs> day. It's a very complicated subject. Oh right, okay. Yeah. So there's two ways that they think that silicon works. And one way is that it creates... Uh, I'm sure I talked about this a few weeks ago. Well, we tested you, well, we'll, we'll yeah, we have. We've, it. Talk, we've talked about it a few times because we all know that Stephen's the silica guru. For a long time, Stephen was making his own nettle. Yeah, nettle, nettle tea. Yeah, yeah, silicon. And we've spoken about that on podcasts before yeah. and we, you've showed the effects of, of just mixing up nettles and abstracting... Um, the juices, the juices, <laughs> the fine nettle juices. You can have a natural silicon, which is effective and works. Bloody stinks like shit, though. Yeah. But you spent a lot of time researching silicon, and basically, you brought silicon. You note, I noticed silicon because of the research that you done. I didn't realize how important it was, and then I've also watched a lot of my customers start to implement it, mm. and the the amount of positive feedback, they instantly say, "Oh my god." We spoke about it the other week as well, and we talked about uh, bamboo canes yeah. and tying up and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't become necessary when you use silicon because yeah. the plant becomes stronger and also allows itself to uptake more nutrients, mm. allegedly. Yeah. Whatever it does, I don't know. I'm not the scientist here. Yeah, but what I can tell you is my pals who have used it to my pals who haven't, they're all still using bamboo canes to tie up the plants and the other ones aren't, and their plants look a lot healthier and bigger and stronger. Yeah, yeah. And the, I think the reason it hasn't come to a lot of people's attention, it's not one of the essential elements within growing a plant. You can grow a very healthy plant yeah. without yeah. it. It's just one of those things that it's it's a real must, to be honest. I think as well, everyone is... A lot of people who don't understand science or aren't interested in science and just think, oh, I can't be bothered with that. It, all these bottles just look like gimmicks. Yeah, They look like scratch cards to me in in the, sh- in the shop. I never buy them because they're just the same crap. You make your own look in this world. But unfortunately, for you who think this about the products in our store or any other grow store, whether you come to our shop or not, if you go into another grow shop, them products are not a load of crap on the shelves. Some of them might be, because they're not the ones that we've picked, but 
What I'm trying to say to you is all of these magical, different coloured, shiny and round and long and oblong bottles and boxes powders and, and powders and George's marvellous medicine, <laughs> you know, it does actually do stuff and they all do different things. And okay, for all of our customers, all of our listeners who aren't our customers, you know, we're here to help you out as well because we want you to go into your shop and be be fully aware of what's going on and mm. make yourself aware of what products can do what. And if you at any time go into your grow shop and you're unsure, that's how you know if you're in a good grow shop because the, the guys behind the desk should be there to help you and educate you on every product within that store. And basically, if you start saying, okay, what does that green shiny one do you should break that down and tell you what period it's for and what it what benefits and the pros and cons and everything about it mm. and basically that'll give you the knowledge on all of these different things and make sure aware that each of these different products are beneficial in different times and areas of a plant's grow or flowering cycle mm. I know that that's that's number two in one podcast. You're on a ball. You're on the roll. Violent. You're either on a roll or you're on the ball. You you one of the two. I couldn't I'm get that out. I'm rolling on the ball. <laughs> you're rolling on the ball. So yeah, you've just summed up the importance of silicon. It's it's if you if you've been getting disease or pest, it it is an essential thing to be using. It's just going to increase the defences of your plants, and your plant is therefore not going to be one that weak yak at the back. Mm. Getting taken down by the cheaters. It's going to be the bull at the front. Yeah. Starving ahead. And nothing's going to take it down. Yeah. No matter what gets thrown at it because it's yeah. a strong plant. Have we touched, in, in case we haven't, I forget what we talk about. We go off on so many yeah, tangents. Yeah, rabbit rab on, don't we? Let's summarise botrytis or grey mould. So, poor air circulation. Yeah. When you're in flowering, because that's when it's going to occur, you've got poor air circulation. Maybe some clip fans. Your extraction should be on full whack. If you're in an outdoor polytunnel, what we've implemented is some green netting at the top yeah, and some green netting at the bottom. It, it, we've got a flow of air. Yeah, nice, good flow of air. So that's if you're in the polytunnels. Good flow of air is what we're saying for that one. Don't let your plants get too cold if possible. Outdoors on your allotments where there's no electricity, yeah. it's a little bit harder. Indoors, you control this stuff. So you shouldn't never let your plants get more than a 10 degree drop. Mm. So I, ideally, your plants... Max temp, 28 degrees. Yeah. Minimum temp, 18 degrees. Yes, I said 18 degrees. So go back into your room right now because it's the bloody winter and look at your thermostat in in the nighttime when you light it off. I will bet you now it says something about 8 degrees, which is absolutely... You just put your plants in the Arctic. Yeah. They're freezing the bollocks off. Yeah, I think the, some people try and cryogenically freeze the plants for oh maybe getting them out in 200 Stop years torturing time. your plants. So listen to what we're saying and just go and check some of the simple things on your thermo hygro that you should be doing every single day. Yeah. And then lastly, you've got the dreaded botrytis. You've found it. In my opinion, obviously I'm happy to be proven wrong. And I say proven wrong I don't think there's any products out there that are really 100% effective against this this mould. It's it's a baddie. But if you're a company and you're on your high horse and think that you've got the next world amazing boy try to stop a product, please feel free to send some to our store and we will distribute it. And, and get people testing it. Get, get it tested. I'd like to add that this 
there's a few preventative products out there. Yep. So there's Vitalink to a product called Bud Rot Stop. I heard of that. I don't know if it's still out on the market anymore. Because I, I also forgot to mention they've got a pith-off one yeah. uh, for the pithium. pithium yeah. yeah, They do a good range. They used to do neem repel, but that stopped being made as well. Yeah, And fungus gnats off. All these things seem to be just getting taken off. I think, I good think a lot of legislation with pesticides and stuff yeah, is very... Yeah, it's getting stricter, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's getting stricter. So if, you found, if you've got a good product that you like... Stock up on it because it could be taken off your shelf. Or if anyone's got some top tips, like, I don't know. Some natural ways. To yeah, get some rid of natural it. ways. That, do a special dance. If you know this special dance that can get rid of it, please give us a call or email us. We would love to hear anything, yeah. any feedback on anything. And the, the challenge to manufacturers out there is, like I said, there's some preventative bottles such as Bud Rot Stop, but that's a... That's a, a, a stand corrected again. I think it's a beneficial bacteria mm. that will outcompete the, the mould and that botrytis so it's preventative you'd spray it on to prevent getting botrytis when you've actually got something i'm not aware of any products that will get rid of it what you do therefore is you amend your environment straight away so it's it's the correct environment and essentially this is the bad news guys chop off get the effective get your scissors out and remove the affected areas otherwise it will spread like wildfire oh it will spread trust me those when you pull it off and you're snipping off the bad areas as well don't do it over the top of your other tomatoes strawberries grapes whatever it is because as you blow it I just did a little blow (laughs) as you blow it it's blowing in me (laughs) that's later (laughs) you'll see the little fungus spores move you'll see the grey mould move and that is then going to land on the other plants and affect it so Take the affected plants, take them out the room, cut off all the bits that are affected, put them back in, and, and then monitor your plants very closely. But couple make of times sure you adjust your climate, yeah. otherwise it'll just happen again. Yeah. Number one tip for avoiding it, just good air circulation. Don't let your temperatures fluctuate too much. And avoid wetness, that's it. Humidity comes into play again. Just get rid of that high humidity in flowering. And that's essentially it with, with botrytis. Yeah. It's a bastard. But you can prevent it, mm. and that's the best thing you can do. Yeah. Once you've got it, it's what's the word? You're not going to get rid of it. You've got to make. You're going to manage it. Manage it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Manage it the best way you can, which can be done. And that's it for botrytis. There's one other thing. We're not going to go too much into it, but it is a disease. It's called tobacco mosaic virus. Yeah, I've heard about this one for years and years and years, and never ever seen it. Yeah, you've very unlikely seen it yourselves mm. most likely if you've worked with tobacco like mm. myself and thomas have it comes from working with the tobacco plants and then you go and work with all the types of plants you're going to cross contaminate them also they say it can come if you are rolling your own tobacco yeah so you know that mm. but usually that's cleaned and yeah. and processed you i've never ever come across that. this so it, it appears as very dark green and very light green mottling on your leaves, but it's it's an unlikely thing to, to get, so I wouldn't worry about it too much. I just thought I'd mention it because it's one okay. of those diseases. Disease, we won't go into deficiency because we'll keep that. Yeah, because I, I was having a little think about this podcast before we started and I thought about deficiency. Obviously, technically not a disease, but it's there and thereabouts, it's, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's like... It, oh, it's, it can make your plants become weaker, which allows yeah. disease to take hold. So it's very closely linked. But I think it, it, it's one that we need to cover on a, a different podcast yeah, yeah. with the EC and nutrients. And yeah, yeah. So, so those planned ones. I think, unfortunately, we've run out of year. Yeah. <laughs> so 2015's nearly finished. Yeah. So it's likely to be, that's one of our planned podcasts for the early new year. Mm. 
great time to do that podcast because everybody should start be thinking about what seeds they're going to be using, what new herbs, vegetables, fruits well, it's they're all kicking off, doesn't it? All year. kicks off in January. January. Well, it does for us, the yeah. intelligent ones. Well, it who does start for me. everything indoors. It does for me anyway because I, I I did win the title this year on the allotment, didn't I? Will with that pea tower and that grapevine. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. So I won, did I? The editor's gone very quiet, hasn't Very he? quiet. <laughs> the editor grew nothing. Nada. Nil. Zilch. <laughs> Stee. Decimated all. And T. You know you know how it goes, eh? You know how it goes. <laughs> to all my listeners out there, you know I just kicked ass for fun. And if you don't want to see any of the images, please go to the MPK Facebook page. Or Instagram. Or Instagram. So that's... That's pest and disease. We've we've covered quite a lot over those last two podcasts. Yeah. I'm just trying to think, have we missed anything for disease? Because it seems like we've only we done prob- a, we a probably little have. bit. We probably have. But they're the three big bad guys yeah. that pretty much everyone gets. Yeah. Anything else, any other disease, we're happy to talk about. But get in touch with us. Let us know what other diseases you've come across. Yeah. And we'll talk about them. I'll do the research into preventative measures, how to get rid of it if you've got it. But they're the three bad guys, powdery mildew, pythium and botrytis. Yeah, so if you've got any others, get in touch and we'll cover them in our late, one of our later episodes. We've got a special announcement. Some of you that follow us on social media will have already seen what we're up to. And it's just one of the little things that we're, that we're doing. These podcasts, as you may have noticed, have taken a turn. And we talk less about products and selling products and what's going on in our shop because it's an educational tool. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if you know this, Thomas, but the majority of our subscribers, actually, off the top of my head, 43% of our subscribers are now based in the US. Yeah. We have more subscribers in the US than we do in the UK at the moment. Well, a big shout out to everyone who's all me pals in Humboldt County. Everyone in California, big following in California. big, big shout out to all you guys who are all keeping it real up in LA. You know who I'm talking about. Big shout out to all me other connected guys. You know who I'm talking about. There were some awesome pictures I seen off you the other week. Keep it going and don't forget to send me me special prize. We've got thirty five percent of our subscribers are UK and then we have hundreds from around around the world, Australia and just everywhere. It's just phenomenal yeah. the growth. Yeah. So yeah, it's an educational tool. We're here to help you become better cultivators, make that transition from a grower to a cultivator. Yeah. So MPK University it was our name. It was our original name, MPK University. Yeah, it was. Unfortunately, Somebody is... Somebody's robbed our name. Yeah. They've watched on Facebook. Once. What was it on Facebook? Instagram. 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 The, so, see you who watch this. I know you probably listen to our podcast, so I'm going to say this now to you. You little rat. Yeah. <laughs> we thought of it first, yeah, and you couldn't even think of your own name, but we're not bothered because we're here and we're going to do better than you. Because we're real. We don't need to copy other people's stuff. We're not fake. Yeah. We're the real deal. We're MPK University. And it's our name. Yeah. So tough shit. So you've gone from Grow University to MPK University a week after I published our logo. Yeah. Calling ourselves MPK University. There you go. The greatest form of flattery yeah so thanks uh, very much yeah thank you we're going to take a bow a flattery bow to you (laughs) for copying us uh, thank you very much for thinking my name okay let's get back to it we've slated them enough now right mpk university (laughs) it's going to be starting in new year yeah 2016 what is it 
it is an educational workshop full of seminars. Sounds boring. It's not boring because you're with the MPK team. Oh, with us? With us. Oh my god. Am I there? You're there, oh, as, well. there as well. I did not mention that bit. No, no, I didn't know. Yeah. Well, over the last few weeks, I've been putting together the modules. Yeah. Covers everything from media to nutrients, pest and disease, setting up systems, deficiencies. One of the modules is a complete overview of hydroponics in general. And then we have a lighting module. We have a ventilation module. Everything that you can think about about from the A to Z of growing, we cover it in our modules. You will pay to come to the MPK University. It is in our Morton shop in Morton (laughs) by Liso Trade Really? (laughs) Um, What happens is you will be on the internet, you'll pick your module, and then you'll pick a day and time to come down and take part in the seminar. Refreshments are included, so it's your job to get the Fox's Biscuits. Ricky will get the tea and coffees going, and we will be delivering the most up-to-date, research-proven, science-driven seminars, and we guarantee you we will make you better cultivators. Whether you're on the allotment, indoor growers, wherever you are, we can help. So... And the, the, this is also to everyone who thinks that they know everything. We, the MPK team, we don't know everything. We spend a lot of time researching and reading articles and Stephen writes articles and we do a lot of different stuff and we spend our lives and we will continue to spend our lives learning more and more about our industry. So just use people who think that you know everything. You don't. Can I talk about the two caves of knowledge? Yeah, go on. You talk about two caves. I like two caves. Because these two caves look like boobies. Okay, the boobies of knowledge. I said this to my dad yesterday. He said, can't you say two hills instead? It's a much more... No, because everyone understands boobies. <laughs> so yeah, cave, two boobies. It's essentially the cave shows the more you learn, the less you know. And that is our graph. So imagine your graph yeah. like that. And it's, and it's the less you know the more you learn. Yeah. That's what you should be doing. Yeah. But the more you learn, the less you know. Yeah. One of my favourite sayings. So, you start your life in indoor cultivation, indoor growing hydroponics at the at the start of that booby. Yeah. And uh, you wake your way up it. And as you get to the pinnacle, the top of that... The nipple. Left, yeah, the top, the left nipple. Yeah. As you get to the left nipple, you've probably done a bit of reading, you've probably been around for about a year, and you think you know it all. You've you've done a few things outdoors, you've done a few things indoors, and you think you are at the pinnacle of knowledge and you can't be taught anything. Well, you're wrong. You are on a very, very steep downward curve where everything just seems to fall apart because yeah, as you learn wrong. more, as you integrate yourselves within some of the most knowledgeable people in the industry, you realise you know very, very little. I, I Hopefully, I'm just coming off that slide and I'm about to start working my way up the second peak because I consider myself, and I know you do too. We're at the bottom of, we're in the middle of the two boobies. Yeah, we've thought we've knew it it's all. It's a nice place to be. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> you jump me off. You know. uh, I lose my train of thought when you start saying all this. So we're in the middle of the two pairs of boobies. Are we back to two pairs of boobies? No, one pair of boobies. Okay. One for me, one for you. I was getting excited. <laughs> and you've learned a lot. But, and I'm going to say it again, the more that you learn, the more that you open up your knowledge into books and into research and, and learn with other people, you just realise how little you actually know. Mm. So then you start your, your journey up the second boob 
and this is where we feel we are now. We're doing a lot of in-depth learning on all subjects. A lot of study and research. And... But unfortunately, this cave, this this booby is a long time to, to, to get up. It's the a first, Mount Everest booby, this yeah, one. Yeah, the first one was just Movama in yeah. Wales, very small one. And we were up and down very quickly, the more that you learn. The second one, it takes you a long time and you're looking 20, 30 years before you get to the pinnacle of, of the right boob. Yeah. And that's from that's from myself and Thomas, who've, who've been in the industry for a long time. Yeah. And we've learned a lot of stuff and we still consider ourselves to be at the, just on our start of the way up. Yeah. Onto the second pinnacle. So bear that in mind, where, where do you put yourselves on the, on the pair of boobs? Also, getting off the boobs, I'm also going to talk to a lot of, um, professional companies yeah. out there, maybe wholesalers, distributors, who are in our industry, who are in the hydroponics industry, but have a large team who are sales coordinated um, and have come from maybe other jobs or other backgrounds, mm. whatever that may be, and don't have the in-depth industry knowledge that we can provide. Yeah. So basically, they can. we hold corporate days for groups for the MPK University yes yeah. for any company who wants to send their team down we'll do some discount deals for a group of 10 plus or whatever and you can then get your team up to scratch so when they are going out into the field and they are going into other shops they don't look like idiots when they're trying to talk to shop owners and they don't know what they're talking about because the only thing they know is the sales pitch that you've put on on their desk on the Monday morning on a sheet of A4 paper. Yeah. So It's very transparent. It gets very, seen through very, very quickly. Very, yeah, we gun them down. We gun you down. We told you many a time. Take pride in it, actually. Yeah, we love it. We love, we love it when a new sales rep walks into our shop because we sit there like vultures <laughs> in the office and up they come and then... We judge them instantly on how they look. We stereotype them. Yeah. RDD, the, the suit and briefcase. However, if it, ironically, one of our favourite guys on the planet, big shout out to my pal Ian. Is a suit and briefcase Ian Unsworth. But he does, he does come up. He comes up because he does a lot of agricultural... He's suited and booted. He's suited and booted when he's visiting these greenhouses. Yeah, he looks like houses. FBI, CID yeah. or something, yeah. doesn't he? And he comes up. But, you know when he meets us, tie off, unbuttons oh, the top oh my and just God. relaxes. He, he, is, he is a legend of a, a guy to work with. And that is Ian Unsworth. Yeah. Very, very knowledgeable person. And when you're around somebody like him, it makes you realise <laughs> that you don't what we know. we don't know. Yeah, what it, we don't know. He's forgotten more than we know. Yeah. And it's about surrounding yourself in, with those type of people. That's how you start your journey up to, up to the second peak. Yeah. With regards, people may be thinking, actually, well, what qualifies this MPK to give us lectures? What does? Who, who do we think we are? Hey. On the IOS, Qualifications <laughs> and universities I'm all that. I'm telling you. Well, a lot of experience, first-hand experience I've got goes one, a long way. one weird respect. That's what qualifies us. Respect. Respect from people in the industry and with throughout our personal lives as well. And the fact that we have a lot of people who are interested in what we have to, to say because we don't believe we are the be-all and end-all of hydroponics, but we, we enjoy what we do. Yeah. We love what we do. Um if anybody ever wants to go toe-to-toe with us over any discussion, 
come on, let's have it. Let's have it. Let's get in the ring. Yeah, let's Hopefully get in the hydroponics ring and we'll discuss whatever you want to discuss. Yeah, we're constantly learning. That's yeah. another factor of, of MPK. We never, ever believe we know it all. In fact, we are actually, we try and go against our beliefs. We try and anything that we currently believe. I'm, I'm looking at research to disprove it yeah. and see what other people are saying and you put it all together well, and you're constantly building on su- that knowledge. In the superstore right now, you know what I've been like over these LED lights because everybody's telling me that they've got this LED light that does this and does that. And what have we been doing for the past two years? Test and test and test. Every LED light. We have got the best range of state-of-the-art LED lights in store. We have got more LED lights under one roof across the globe than any shop in the United Kingdom. We've got Spectrum King. Yeah. We've got... Budmaster. Budmaster. Kind LED. Mars LED. The HP4S. Yeah, we just received that just, the other day. HP4S. Yeah. yeah. And we've got all of these on right now, and we are doing vigorous testing mm. because... We, unfortunately, sorry guys, the people who make all of this equipment, we don't believe you. We don't listen to anything you have got to say. We take in what you have got to say, but we don't let it be the be all and end all. Mm. We want to know for ourselves, so we do this stuff, and that's the basis because we're dedicated. And to summarise it all up, and I say this with my hand on my heart: if I became, if I won the lottery tomorrow, do you know where I'd be tomorrow? In which? I'd be in. I don't know. You would. <laughs> yeah, you'd come and track me down. The same you? year for me. No, I would. I yeah. would. I'd, uh, I'd be back in work because this is a passion, mm. not work. Mm. I'm very fortunate that I don't go to work. Mm. I just go and do one of my hobbies. Mm. And I'm very fortunate. And that's, that's I believe, that's why what qualifies us to, mm. to educate others. Mm. If you want to be educated, come along and we're going to start providing a service to make you all better growers and, and to become cultivators. Also be warned, there will be different entry levels yeah uh, there will be some testing and rewards also um for further information once again everything will be on the website yeah january 2016 you get to see all the prices an in-depth overview of what each module each seminar uh, provides and the good thing i need to point this out i was told to point this out the other day is that the most expensive seminar that we offer prices may vary over the next few weeks when we discuss it is the system setup seminar which is what happens is you'll pick a system that you either currently working with and you want to know more about it and how to operate it to achieve maximum results or you're about to get a system and you're not sure which one so you'll come down to the mpk university you'll come onto the systems seminar and you'll tell us which system so we'll get that system in the shop you will set it up with us you'll run the system we're fully running we'll have some plants in there as well get it up and up and going and then we will tell you the nutrients to use the best nutrients for that system such as dutch pro and autopots is a hand-in-hand symbiotic relationship they work that system and that nutrient line works very well and we'll just basically we'll guide you through the whole process so it's no longer a daunting process because you can come to MPK and spend up to two hours with the team and learn in depth before you go and spend three, four, five hundred pounds on a system. Mm. So that's that that at the moment is three hundred and fifty pounds. And the good thing about it is it's up for six people. So it's three hundred and fifty pounds. If you come by yourself, it's £350 if you come with up to six people. So split that cost, come with your friends, and let's do some learning together. Yeah. So that's what we've been working on. That's one of our projects, and it's nearly come to fruition. Yeah. 
So that's January so 2016. Yeah. yeah. And I think we'll wrap it up there. I think they've had enough of me Yeah, we've been wrapping on. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll today. Right, so pest and disease. Thank you very much for listening. I am Stephen. And I am Thomas. And we will see you next week when we talk about roots and the rhizosphere. Take Ooh. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.